0: This is Acts of Faith. Every day, World Team works to transform communities, make disciples, and reach the unreached. Our unique teams innovate, multiply, and expand the reach of the Gospel. Our vision and aim? To make Jesus known. Together, we share the hope of the Gospel on a global scale by meeting the needs of communities. These are our acts of faith.
1: Last month, World Team Workers with the Inn spent an evening sharing their experiences in ministry over the past year. They talked about their excitement for ministry among Muslim populations, the challenges they face, and stories of the connections they are making with their neighbors. The call was hosted by Susan, the director of the Inn.
2: This evening, so people can get to know workers in the Inn, I'd like you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your ministry, who you serve, and just something that you think would be interesting for those that are listening in.
3: Hi, my name is Gwen, and I serve with World Team here in Philadelphia. Um, We serve a very diverse population here in the city. Um, In my neighborhood alone, there's probably about 40% immigrants and about 50 countries represented. And the high school down the street graduated uh, students from 50 countries last year. They might be from the Middle East. They could be from North or West Africa, many from Hispanic and uh, Latin countries. And uh, it's a beautiful, diverse land.
4: My name is George, and uh, I'm originally from Egypt, and I serve in the south of Florida. And um, mainly we work among Arabic and Muslim. And... uh, we have around 110,000 um, Muslim in South Florida. We've uh, we, we been working with the uh, Iraqi when the war started. We've been working with Syria when the war started. And now we're doing also the same work with Afghanistan. Um, and we, uh, we're trying to reach them with any um, method we can do.
0: My name is Emily and I serve uh, with World Team in Savannah and we reach about 19 unreached people groups regularly, and we host gatherings throughout the week, and especially on Fridays where we teach our friends English through an English club. And as a single woman, I mostly work with women and children and spend a lot of time in homes and ministering that way.
1: My name is Casey, and this is my wife, Shelly, and we serve also with Emily at the Inn uh, Savannah, the World Team. Um, as Emily said, we we reach about 19 different people groups, um, but being a family unit with three kids, most of, of our work is done with families, and it gives us a unique opportunity to really connect with them, especially having little kids.
2: Share a ministry highlight of something you've seen God do in the past few months.
3: As I think about the highlights of our ministry over the past year, what comes to mind is our art and conversation group which we ran with refugee women and kids this summer out of a community garden that some friends and i started here in northeast philadelphia and it was beautiful in many ways it fostered deep trust and community between the women uh, but it also opened up opportunities for regular sharing of deep meaning uh, in our lives how we navigated through the ups and downs and challenges of our own journeys, and very regularly uh, where God and faith come into play with how you navigate some of those things. And so we were able to, um, as Christians, share much of how God has met us in our high and low spaces and how our life takes shape and meaning because of our connection to God. And it has been a program that Uh, is bearing beautiful fruit in terms of depth of relationship and ongoing spiritual conversations since. And some of those women who participated in that program are ones that even this season, I am excited to share, we're beginning to study scripture together. Uh, So it's, you never know how God is working when he prompts you with an idea and uh, you step into something new with him.
4: One of the greatest thing we had in the last few months, uh, working among um, Muslim and Arabic, when when we had couple of um, family, they get saved, um, um, and they get baptized. And usually, when uh, baptize them, we do like the regular, um, like you believe the Father came from heaven to earth by the cross. But in the end, we adding. Like one more sentence, uh, I always ask. I say, according to the Quran and Islamic religion, if you change your religion, you should be killed. And their answer in front of the congregation: Yes, I am willing to die. So this is big a challenge for the um, American church to know how um, hard for Muslim to get saved and get baptized. And uh, also, when we see a lot of people uh, from Afghanistan, they started getting uh, really connected with us even after they leave South of Florida and go somewhere else. They're still in contact with us. They they said, we are the only thing we miss. This is the church and you guys, and this is a great things god been doing among the Afghanistan and the Arabic and Muslim in South of Florida.
0: One ministry highlight that I have personally experienced here in my city is seeing just an openness to the gospel that, I haven't seen before and some of my friends who have been here the longest and uh, one example of that is my friend Est. she has uh, mostly been hostile to the gospel anytime it's been presented in the last six to seven years she has actively tried to shut down any conversation regarding jesus and also tried to keep other people from hearing the stories of jesus that my teammates would tell in gatherings and now we are seeing an openness to where she is actually inviting us into her home weekly to share stories from the Bible with her children. And so that has been an incredible change in her life transformation that we've seen over her and her family. And that's probably the mo- the freshest example that I have. And one that we're really excited about here at our, at our site.
1: Um, ministry highlight for me, I think, um, has been uh, being able to play soccer with the the men in the area. It's um, it's really fun for me to be in sports and to exercise and feel good about myself. But also, it's brought me closer to um, to a few of the men and introduced me to several that I had no idea even lived right really close to to our our community. Um. So for me, that's been that's probably been one of the biggest highlights over the last couple months.
5: A highlight for me has been the doors that even though our youngest, our daughter, has only been here two uh two and a half weeks, um, the end of my pregnancy and the beginning of her life has really opened doors uh with some of our friends here. One lady in particular, um she has been very like Emily said, hostile to the uh, gospel and to really opening up herself to new people, especially um, people that she knows are Christians. And so because I wasn't here at the beginning of her time here, she's kind of kept me at arm's length. Um, but we were pregnant at the same time. And she was asking me questions um, about pregnancy because her English hasn't been, isn't very good. And so she was using me for help with things about the pregnancy and having the baby and things like that. And she's messaged me almost every day, asking how I'm doing, how the baby's doing. Um, She wants me to come over as soon as we're both feeling better. And as our babies are getting older. Um, And so it's been really beautiful to have her open her heart to me um, and so quickly, trust me with her feelings and um, things that are going on in her life right now.
2: Workers in the inn all have unique skills, gifts, and abilities. It's amazing how God uses a blend of people to bring Him honor and glory through the ministry. Share a little bit about some of your unique skills or passions and how God is using them in your
3: ministry. I am regularly surprised at how God. Uses the experiences he's layered, the skills, uh, and my passions for ministry purposes. And uh, anybody who knows me knows that if I could be outside 24 seven, I would. And one of my earliest prayers was uh, would we be able to use community gardening for ministry purposes? And literally, maybe two weeks after I had started the networking process uh, for Philadelphia, I met a couple who lives a mile from my house who had this same dream, and I had the skills, they had the land, we both shared the same vision, and today it is the backbone and the foundation of so much of the ministry work that we do in Philadelphia. Uh, We also get to do trail walking and picnicking by streams with young moms and kids. I'm going to the gym regularly now with one woman and another and another have expressed interest. So we're exploring the idea of opening up our own gym for women who might not feel comfortable or it might not be appropriate based on their religion to be in a gym with mixed genders. And so we even took a group of women from the Middle East camping this uh, <laughs> this past fall. And it was it was neat to watch how the questions of, will there be bugs? Uh, I hear their bears. Will we be safe? Um, are their bathrooms turned into, huh, man, I may not come in the spring or the fall, but my family definitely needs to come back and we need to do this in July. And can we do this every season? Uh, so it's been really neat to watch as God has used exactly who we are and our just availability and our heart for people. Um, and yeah, and uses that for ways to, to minister for him in word and deed among the people that he's given us to serve in our cities.
4: Some of the um, um, unique stuff I have, um, I had two sisters. They've been killed by Islamic uh, people in Egypt, one of them by a car and the other one by shooting. And this makes my heart in a state of hate. I want to reach them with love. And by being born and raised in Egypt, We've been forced when we are in elementary school and middle school to memorize a lot of portion from the Quran. Even we are a Christian, to pass the Arabic language, which is first language, we have to memorize a lot of the Quran. So we we'll memorize it. We force it. We didn't. We didn't like it, but we to pass the language, we have to do it. And this background made made my personality is like I have the heart to reach to them and. A lot of time, even Muslims do not know their book. They do not know their religion, and uh, sometimes we, I teach them what they believe, and they couldn't, they couldn't even know this in their Quran. So we sit and we have a dialogue and conversation, and I enjoy talking with Muslim and opening their book and opening my book, and we start sharing together. And I see fruits uh, coming out. Some of them. Um, they go home upset, but they keep asking and study. And uh, some of them, they want to speak more and more. Some of them afraid to take a decision. But what I believe is this is our goal to just do the work. We're not responsible for the result, God doing the result, but we're doing our work just among Muslims. This is really we surrender by five mosques where I'm at in south of Florida, just my house. And um, Friday, Friday, um, the whole street—it's uh, it's blocked. It's almost a thousand people are praying. So this is our really our heart to to reach the Muslim and tell them about the good news.
0: I have a lot of passions and interests, but one that I found is um, a common denominator among my ministry is food. I love cooking it. I love eating it, I love sitting down with my friends, but I especially love the opportunities that I have to minister while we prepare food. So it's in my one of my favorite ways to connect with women. Um, I don't know how to make bread, so I ask them to teach me how to make bread and then I go to their home every week and make bread or make different foods. And so that has been a really fun way to connect, just bringing my own interests and, and things I enjoy into a relationship. That's actually how I met my first Muslim friend in Savannah it was because I told her I liked Turkish coffee and I wanted to come over and have Turkish coffee every week. And from that, I learned how to make Turkish coffee and then I learned how to make Turkish food and then I got brought into her family. And so, I, yeah, I, I think it's so neat that we get to just be ourselves and build relationships like we would with anybody else over our common interests in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, food
1: is my passion. Um, One of my passions is to help people fix their houses. And um, I'm realizing that some of the small things to me that are easy to fix are, are big ordeals for some of the families. And so it's been a huge blessing for me to be able to go in and help them make repairs. Um, and without fail, it, it always offers up an opportunity to have spiritual conversations to discuss the Bible or the Quran or Jesus or um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been it's been a real blessing for me to be able to do that.
5: A passion and um, interest that I have is kind of more administrative um, and staying organized and um, creating graphic content, and um, we've been able to incorporate that into our English classes on Friday. Um, I'm able to not only help teach the classes, but um, equip volunteers to do the same and to kind of stay organized with that. And I'd much rather <laughs> organize other teachers than actually teach myself. <laughs> um, and so it's expanded my Um, interest and passion in teaching, but it's also allowed me to stay organized and and help organize other people and and equip them, mobilize them to um, serve the community here.
2: The Ian exists to share the gospel with unreached diaspora in our local communities and then to plant churches that can reproduce. That's our overall vision, but each site has a very specific vision uh, that fits into that Share your vision for
3: for your city. I would say that the vision for church planning and multiplication in Philadelphia would be through community building and just deep relationships with our international neighbors to see people drawn to seek out God um, as we know him in Jesus through the just watching um, both us and the networks that we that we serve here with, uh, to, to just see us embody the fruits of the spirit. And then as we have opportunities to have spiritual conversations with them to, to continue to reveal to them more about the God that we serve and why we find our own lives. So transformed by knowing Jesus, um, we believe that having genuine trust centered relationships with our international friends is key for being able to really share the, the depth of, um, what it who god is and what it looks like to be a a lover of god and a follower of god Um, and beyond that we also have a vision to walk alongside the local church Um, we feel that uh, a lot of the cross-cultural skills and those gifted and called in those areas have historically been sent overseas. And now we have a really cool opportunity to be ministering to these same peoples in our own backyards. So we envision um, being a resource to the local church to help raise awareness of the peoples that God has brought to our cities uh, to provide equipping and training um, and then perhaps on-ramps for these local bodies of believers to to be serving and ministering to the peoples who um, now live in their own backyards.
4: Because of the uh, N, I was able to uh, do like a church planting in West Palm, um, among Arabic speaking. And we're starting a new one in Fort Lauderdale, um, like one hour uh, distance between West Palm Beach and Fort Lauderdale. And our main goal is like we do mission outside in the street. When they get saved, we put them together in a home. Bible study, and then we bring them to church. And so far right now we're having a church is like 25 to 30 group, but we have also homes. Maybe we have like two or three homes. Uh, We working on it, very close. And we have visitation around maybe another 10 family, Muslim, we are in contact um, with them. Um, Also we do uh, three hours, me and Heidi three hour seminar and this is equipped the American church how to reach their neighbors, especially Muslim, and um, how to reach them, how to avoid their culture, how to um, avoid conflict, how to approach them, what to say, what do not say. So the three hours at work, very, very good with American churches, and I feel very great respond all the time. People use the material and the tools and um they start recommending us to other churches to to get the three hours material. And um, also through the end, we are praying to do a studio broadcast with uh, the end, and this is, can reach way on beyond um, in the Middle um, East. And um, I think that's it.
0: At our site, I believe that our vision for our ministry is to see more gatherings take place that would lead to the church being planted among the resettled community in our city, with such a diverse number of unreached people groups, it can be hard to imagine gatherings of these friends together when uh, historically they're they're hostile to one another. But our desire and what we've seen in our English club is that we they can gather and they can build friendships and relationships. And um, our prayer is that we would see more of those gatherings happening and Bible studies started that would lead to churches planted. And I think there's also another vision for ministry that I I didn't bring up earlier, but I think it's worth mentioning that at our site here in Savannah, we have a training and discipleship initiative for World Team called Compass. And our our vision for that is to see, to raise up young adults who would go um, to the nation's long-term. That would be our heart's desire. And so we do that here um, consistently, bringing in new new um, compass workers and inviting them to discover their fit in missions. And so that also plays into our vision to train and develop these young adults to go um, and multiply. So we want to multiply ourselves in that way too.
5: To add to what Emily said about the vision for Savannah, um, I, you know, I think it's just to see church groups planted here and then to have not only those groups reach the rest of the community that's here, but then to share the gospel with all of their family that um, is all over the world. Most of them back in the Middle East, but some in other States and um, we would love to see churches growing in other cities across the United States, just from what we, you know, God's doing here. Um, But yeah, seeing multiple people groups that were once hostile, live in community and, and grow together is has has been beautiful. And, and we look forward to seeing more of that.
2: Dean currently has eight sites across the country, and we serve in 11 different communities. You're hearing a few of the stories tonight of what God is doing, but we are actually reaching um, somewhere between three and 5,000 people each week that would Uh, fit into the category of unreached diaspora. With that, there are also challenges. So we've shared a lot of the really positive stories.
3: Let's hear some of the things that are challenging you at your ministry site. When I think about the challenges that I and my team face here in Philadelphia, it's usually around capacity and just time to be able to um, follow up with and invest in our international friends. Uh, We, we have really seen that beyond outreaches that might have individual, you know, maybe just one-off touches, the real ministry happens in the deepening one-on-one relationships. And, and a lot of that work happens, you know, we try to have gatherings as often as possible, but uh, relationships that are built one-on-one, we've seen to produce, um, much just deeper level of relationship and authentic connection and spiritual conversations. And, uh, we, you know, the opportunity is often the flip side of the challenge. We long for more time and more, uh, local believers who would be able to invest in our international friends on a regular basis and walk alongside each other, live life with each other. You know, everything we do is founded in incarnational ministry. We live in the cities that we serve And we we take a long-term approach knowing that we have no control over the, the spiritual path of our friends only hopes, not expectations of what God would do. And so we serve faithfully and we look to invest deeply in our international friends. So we're always praying for, um, more, more time and space to be able to follow up with those who God is blessing us to be in connection with, as well as more volunteers and, um, and co-laboring with local believers to invest deeply in these individuals as well.
4: Most of the uh, challenge I'm facing in, in the South of Florida, it's uh, safety among the Muslim. I uh, I want to get in closer to them. I'm getting in, and the more I get in, the mosque getting angry. And uh, when they found I did something huge or big or gathering, less than a week, they visit them also. The same work I do, they start doing the work, so and they the giving like a uh, uh, brainwash to the people and all of a sudden like one week later they do not want to answer the phone just this is one of the things but the also the other thing is financially we we struggled financially with with the with the muslim ministers especially with afghanistan most of our uh dollar amount going to uber or going to pizza like Every week we spend too much money bringing everyone Uber here and then Uber back, Uber forwards, and and all our money going with Uber and pizza. And this is like one of the challenge. Um, so I, I, um, I do have um, like um, a lot of a challenge personally with, with the people, uh, especially when they want to take the step of faith. They are afraid to take it uh, because they you know once they move forward, they could be killed. Um, so all those a challenge personally, family, financially, church, that's a lot of a challenge among the Arabic and Muslim ministry.
0: When I think about the challenge for ministry for me, it's also the thing I love about cross-cultural ministry. It's ministering to another culture. I love learning about people. I love learning how we're different and how God created diversity and cultures and cultures. And so I, I love I love doing that, but I think I didn't realize that when you build real relationships with people, you have these misunderstandings, and you have you actually have the same kind of uh, maybe issues that you have in our same culture relationship with other cultures, and and so it's been challenging. The deeper and the closer our relationships go. Uh, the the more challenges we have in just understanding each other and understanding maybe family dynamics and why I do things that I do in my culture and they do things in their own culture. And so it's beautiful, but it also, so it's beautiful in the sense that we're close and I get to see how much they love me and how much we value our friendship. But at the same time, it's uh, presented challenges for me to navigate that. And thankfully we have teams uh, and so, and teammates, and so we get to go to one another and say, hey, what, what what, do you think about this? Or what should we do? How should we pray about this? And that's been a gift. But that's been something just especially in this season of ministry for me, I'm so close. So where do you go when when things get challenging? Um, that's, that's one of the things that I've been learning.
1: I think um, one of the biggest challenges for me um, so far has been um, funding because we, we haven't reached full funding yet, um, I've had to continue working, which has been kind of positive and negative, positive in the sense that it's allowed me to continue working in a maintenance role, learning new ways to fix problems in houses, nice. especially in old homes here in Savannah. Um, but challenging in the sense that I feel like I, um, I, I can't or don't contribute a whole lot to the ministry here um and so it's i guess that's been more of a more of a personal challenge than a, than a ministry related challenge um but it does it does affect the way that i it affects how i'm able to do ministry here because it constricts my hours
5: a challenge for me is related to what casey just said about um lack of of funding because we're we're only part-time we're not fully supported yet and i I don't know if it's because we're serving here in the U.S. or in the South, um, but I, I, it's, a, it's a foreign thing to a lot of our um, <clears throat> contacts to be doing ministry here in the United States. You know, we're, we're living in unprecedented times where immigration is so huge and easy or more prevalent um, here in the U.S., and so because we're taking advantage of God bringing people here, it's an opportunity, but the challenge is, I guess, convincing people that it's a need that deserves full-time attention. Um, and finding people that believe in that wholeheartedly and are are willing to support us, you know, with their hard-earned money. Um, but to really and capture that vision and see it with us and and believe in it and grab onto the coattails and say, okay, God, let's follow you where this is going. Um, and so that has been a challenge, not just the money, but trying to just convince people of that. It feels sometimes like an uphill battle and frustrating, like I shouldn't be having to convince you of this. Um, so the challenge is in itself, you know, with that.
2: The Inn is always looking for new workers. We expand both the number of sites we have, as well as we'd like to grow the teams on each of our sites. So if you were talking to someone thinking about serving in the Inn, how would you describe how serving in the Inn is reaching
3: the nations with the gospel? I was drawn personally to the vision of the Inn because it is strategic on so many levels. I've always been attracted to community-based and entrepreneurial ministries, and the the inn is really at the cutting edge of what it looks like to serve the nations for Christ today in our world, where there are people who might have been born in one country, and they've lived in three others, and for either by choice or necessity and survival, they find themselves in foreign lands. And here in the U.S., in most of our major cities, we have growing numbers of people from all over the world who have never come across a Jesus follower and don't even know really what Jesus stands for who he is what hit the gospel message is that he um came to proclaim and uh we as the church have a beautiful opportunity with out even you know driving 5 10 sometimes um you know you've got an international neighbor right next door literally um to to be living with Jesus on our sleeve right here to the nations in our backyard. So, uh, I have I moved literally thirty minutes from where I was living to join the inn and serve in Philadelphia, and it has been a a life changing and a and wonderful opportunity to be living out a uh, as a disciple of Jesus who not only loves my God but gets to wear it as easily on my sleeve as I would a love of gardening or cooking or reading. Uh, and I've been amazed as over and over the international friends that I meet, they're very curious about who the God of the Christians is, and they've never heard, uh, and that is the recurring story. Um, so I, the longer I'm in this ministry, the more I'm convinced that um, it is people are people, and so whatever the cultural differences appear, whether it's dress or language. A barrier. Uh, people have the same longings, the same pains, the same dreams, regardless of what culture you're from. Um, and so there's all these apparent differences, but at the core, we're all, uh, we're all people. And I've found, it's been a really rich opportunity to, um, to grow as a believer and to live out my calling as an image bearer of God, to love those that God has brought to our own backyard who otherwise would never have had the opportunity to hear the truth of Jesus.
4: When I see new worker, uh, how they have the, the heart to, to reach uh, Muslim and, and the Arabic people. That's make my heart also the same thing. And uh, I always like other people to join us, the same thing with the end. The end has unique vision. No one has it. They do not have to like go across the ocean, but they already here. The only homework assignment I do, I just do my own search and I see where is the area at. And I, I tell the church, how many masks you guys surrender with? How many masks? I just bring it from Google, from online. And when people see that, they started getting, oh, we did not know uh, all this going on. And um, we went to a church. Uh, it's called, uh, I think, Faith Baptist Church. And walking distance, we found uh, another church. Walking distance, the Muslim body and they knocked down the cross. And they, most of the people, even walking distance, most of the people that did not know this is a church been sold by a mosque, by a Muslim. So everybody said, oh, we didn't know, we didn't know. And um, so I tell people this, I encourage them, as a join me and join our team because we have really good mission, good heart. We can reach the lost and we need millions of people to, to work. We, we cannot do the work by ourselves. We need a lot of people doing it.
0: I think this question has been answered so beautifully already. So I'll just give, I'll make my answer a story. Uh, I have a beautiful friend. Her name is R and she's from the mountains of Pakistan. And I met her, I got a phone call from one of our mutual Muslim background friends who said, Emily, I told her you would go to her home and see her. And so you should go teach her English. And I went over like with no information other than that and her apartment number. And I learned that she was from a small village at the base of, um, very famous mountains in Pakistan. And she I was from a, a people group that had no gospel at all, no no Bible at all yet. And I was just amazed that in here in my city, in the U.S., I've been sent out to people who have, she had never met a Christian in her life. Uh, that's what we do. That is what it means to go to the nations. And I think, yeah, we could we could send people to Pakistan, that would be amazing. And we, and we should, that's a good thing. But why can't we send people to our own, in our own city out to go to these, these uh, people who do not know Christ and have never, she had no clue when I said Jesus, who that was. And so I think that story just reminds me that we are doing the work. And I mean, wouldn't it be incredible if she's the one who goes back to her small little village and tells her whole family, well, her family has heard the gospel. She's translated it to them. Um, And so that's, that's, I think, how this is going to the nations. It may not be, well, it, it will be here. We will see churches planted here in the U.S. among unreached, but maybe, and prayerfully, it'll go to the the least reached parts of the world where no missionary has been able to go uh, for safety for for a million different reasons um maybe this is how god has chosen to take the gospel there and so i think that's a that's this that's what i always think of when i think about how we're doing the work it's her um who had never heard of jesus meeting a christian in savannah georgia a missionary in savannah georgia who can tell her who jesus is
1: kind of along the lines of What Emily said I think that uh, the end is important um, because of what what we've seen a lot of people don't realize how many refugees there are here in the states and um, there have been a few people that I've spoken to that didn't even know there were refugees in Savannah Um, so I think that that the ministry that we have here not only are we able to to reach the nations ourselves for Christ, but we're also able to um, communicate that to the church and and help get the church here involved. Um, and and I, I I mean I'd love to see the end grow through the through the states and and be able to to see that prosper in my own hometown in Florida, um, where I know there's a ton of a ton of immigrants uh, there. And so I think that it's what the end does. Um, is is critical to to reaching the nations because, like Emily said, there there are nations here that we we can't get into to to openly preach the gospel, but we can do that here.
5: Yeah, I think it's important to break down preconceived notions and and barriers that exist between generationally American people and refugees that come over. What I mean is. My family's been in the United States for several generations, and we had preconceived notions of what we thought refugees believed, what they looked like, what um, they thought about us as Christians and as Americans. And the more I participate in this ministry, I learn how wrong I was, and I'm so grateful for being wrong. Um, The culture, is beautiful and like Emily talked about earlier the food is delicious and i learned there's more than one way to make tea um and it's better than any way i've ever had tea before and um a those are little things but it's it's the, it's learning to see these people as people as people that Christ died for um, and it's an opportunity to also write their preconceived notions about us, about Christians. Um, They, they have been told one thing by their religion and we get the opportunity to show them what Jesus is really all about. And it's really beautiful. And um, I think understanding who Jesus is, is the, it was very critical in reaching the nations for Christ. Um, So like Gwen said, we get to be image bearers and, lovingly show them the ways that they, what they thought was wrong and how, what Jesus, who he really is, is so much better than who they thought he was.
1: To learn more about World Team's ministry opportunities, go to us.worldteam.org and click go at the top of the page. To see prayer requests from World Team workers, click pray. To give to World Team's ministries, click donate.
0: This has been Acts of Faith, a podcast by World Team U.S. For more information on World Team and its ministries, visit us.worldteam.org.